You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. To help spread the gospel of Jesus, give us a five-star rating. That'll help bump us up in the podcast platforms. Additionally, make sure you share it with your friends. In this podcast, we're going to hear a Sunday morning message. It is good to be here at Jewel City. We love this church. We love your pastor and your leaders here and their families. Uh, We really do feel like this is the second home. Uh, I grew up just a few miles down the road in Monongah, West Virginia, and so this is is our old stomping grounds. I tell you, this church is so thoughtful, so thoughtful. Today when I walked in, I had a gift. Uh, It just blessed me. I was on Facebook this week, and if, if in case you can't notice, uh, I'm starting to hit my middle-aged years. How many middle-aged men we have in the house? Not ashamed of it, ma'am. I know this world's confused right now, but do not raise your hand. Okay, all right. Thank you very much. Whoo, Pastor, we got to talk after service. How many middle-aged men do we have in the room? You're not ashamed of it. Four of us. The rest of you ashamed of it. You know, men, there gets a time in our lives where I've been noticing a lot of the, the middle-aged men that I know, they're starting to wear hats. They're starting to wear hats, and it's, you know, when you don't have anything left, you get a hat, I guess. And so, uh, no offense to y'all, but uh, anyway, so I've been looking around, and I ask on Facebook, you know, what kind of hat maybe I could adopt, and Brian Freeman was nice enough to steal one from the nursing home that he works at. It's not funny, Brian. It's not funny. India, you want a new hat? All right, this is for you. This is for you. Hey, we're going to get into God's Word today, and the title of the message this morning is Sleep Through It, Speak to It, or Outlast It. Sleep Through It, Speak to It, or Outlast It. I want to talk to you this morning about three ways to respond to a storm. A famous preacher I know, this guy, (laughs) says you are either on your way out of a storm (laughs) You're in a storm right now, or you're on your way into a storm. How many would say amen to that? And so this morning, I want to get into the, into the Word of God, going to look at two passages of scriptures, or two different storms, and there's different responses to both of these storms. We're going to begin in Mark chapter 4 in verse 35. It says, on the same day when evening had come, he, the he here being Jesus, said to them, the them being his disciples, let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitudes, they took him, Jesus, along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with them. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. Everyone say pillow. And they awoke him and said, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he, Jesus, arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace be still, and the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Here we have Jesus and his disciples. They're in a boat, they're on the water, it's in the evening, and they encounter a storm. Now let me ask you, whose idea was it to be in this boat on the water at this time of night? It was Jesus' idea, right? So you can't blame it on anyone else. I don't know about you, but like if, if, if something's going on in your family and it's not working out good, uh, a lot of times uh, I'll, I'll look at my wife and I'll say, whose idea was this? And she'll usually say, 
yours, <laughs> right? And I'm looking to blame somebody and to blame, nope, nope, you, big boy, it's, it's right back on you. So we can't blame Peter, we can't blame John, we can't blame any of the other guys. This is Jesus' idea. And here's the deal. Oftentimes, as followers of Christ, we immediately question the plan of God for our lives as soon as a storm comes along. Like as soon as we encounter some turbulence, as soon as things get tough, we say, wow, I don't know, maybe, maybe I miss God. If this was God's will, it should be easy. If this was God's will, all the doors should be open. And if this is God's will, he would make those crooked places straight. And I just want to tell you this morning that sometimes you will go through a storm while being in the very center of the will of God. Sometimes you're going to encounter storms being at the right place at the right time. So don't ever assume that the presence of a storm is proof of the absence of God. But here's the deal. The disciples are not in this storm alone. Jesus is in the storm with them. And I want to tell you, if you find yourself in the midst of a storm this morning, he's in it with you too. <laughs> Now, the disciples, they begin to panic. And although Jesus is there, he's, he's handling the storm a little differently than they are. And, and here, it brings me to my first point. The first way to respond to a storm in your life is simply to sleep through it. Sleep through it. Do you know every storm is not an emergency? Sometimes when we're in a storm, we simply need to rest. It amazes me how much time we spend worrying about everything. Some of us have no peace because we overthink everything. People will call me for counsel sometimes, and they'll, I mean, their hair's on fire. They're just going crazy. Pastor, I need you. I need you. I need you. We got to talk. We got to pray. We got to pull down strongholds. We got to storm the gates of hell. We got to do this. And I'll say, well, what's going on? And they'll tell me what's going on. And I'll be like, hold on a minute. Your hair is on fire over that? Come on, you know, you know what I mean. People who, who, they can turn everything into an emergency. Not every storm is an emergency. It'd ever be storming at your house and you're like, boy, this is a good night to sleep. It's a good night to sleep. No, it, 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 the people of God need to get better at sleeping through some storms. Because here's what I found out. What feels like a storm at midnight don't always feel like a storm in the morning. Do you know what some of our storms need? About seven to eight hours of mercy. The Bible says his mercies are new every morning. Listen to me, Karen. Stop getting your hair on fire over everything that happens of this world and simply go to bed. Allow your storm to marinate in about seven to eight hours of mercy. And what felt like a storm at midnight is going to wake up and the sun's going to be shining. Sometimes we just need to go ahead, let the wind howl. Open your window. Let it blow some fresh air into your house. Get the COVID out of there. Sometimes we just need to go ahead and let the waves crash. I love it when I'm at the ocean and you're, you're on the ocean front and you can open up that, that sliding glass door and you can just hear, come on, Jesus. You just hear those waves crashing. Wind, do your thing. Waves, do your thing. But as for me and my pillow, we're going to bed. Now, 
Jesus is able to sleep through the storm. But his disciples were not. And at some point, they decide to wake him up. Now, Sister Rita, I would love to have heard this conversation. Who's going to wake him up? Right? It's Jesus. Who's going to wake him up? And so, you know, James would look at John. John, it ain't no secret. Beloved, everybody knows you're his favorite. So why don't you just go down in there and just nudge him and wake him up and tell him we're all about to die. And John looks at James and says, listen, James, or Jimmy, the reason I'm his favorite is because I don't do stupid things like waking him up when he's sleeping. And then Nathaniel, he looks at Peter. He says, Peter, he's used to you doing stupid stuff. Just go down there. And I think this would have been a hilarious question. And remember, the water's filling the boat. Right? It's in the middle of the sea. This thing's being tossed back into, uh, to and fro, and they're, they're having an argument. Their other arguments were about who was the greatest. <laughs> this argument is all, all the people who want to be the greatest now. No, they're like, no, 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 no. You go before me. <laughs> Who's going to wake up the master? And nevertheless, someone wakes him up with this question. Teacher. Do you not care that we are perishing? Can we be honest here this morning? Have you ever gone through a storm that made you question whether or not God cares for you? Let's, let's be honest, right? We probably, we probably all have. We went through some times in our lives that are so dark and so scary that it, you're looking around, but God's hard to find in that moment. And, 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 and we're spirit beings. Yeah, we've been born again. We understand that. But, but we're flesh too. And sometimes our flesh gets fearful. But here's what I love about our God. He is never threatened by our questions. Do you understand? God is not insecure. God is not fragile. He can handle our questions. His own son said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Growing up, I hear people, don't question God. Jesus questioned God. He was so real with his father that he knew it was okay to pour his heart out to him and be real with his feelings. But this is what I want to remind you of. Our feelings aren't always truth. And they, they wake him up with a question, Lord, do you not care that we are perishing? And I just want to remind you this morning, of course he cares. When they ask this question, they are looking into the eyes. Remember, he's sleeping. They come, they're over top of him, they shake him. They look into the eyes of the prince of glory. 
The same one who left his throne in heaven to come to this earth to live a life often filled with rejection and to die a cruel death for fishermen and tax collectors and preachers. And they're looking into those eyes and they're asking him, do you care? The answer is, of course he cares. This is the same Jesus who keeps our tears in a bottle. This is the same Jesus who numbers the very hair on our head. This is the same Jesus who says, my thoughts toward you are more than all the grains of sand at Worthington Beach. Come on, somebody. Of course he cares. Come on, just turn to somebody and say he cares. I want to remind you, you've never cried a tear that the Son of God didn't feel on his own cheek. He is a great high priest who is moved with the feelings of our infirmities. Oh, he's good. Of course, he cares. Jesus slept through the storm, but the disciples couldn't do it, so he teaches them a second way to respond to the storm. If you can't sleep through it, sometimes you just got to speak to it. Look at verse 39. It says, Then he, Jesus, arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Now, early on in my Christian walk, I started following some preachers that taught the power of our words. Some of them, in my opinion, ended up going a little too far, Got a little strange, got into things like name it, claim it, blab it, grab it. And what happened is they actually taught the body of Christ to covet what your neighbor has. Or people say, yeah, you know, pull up in your, if you like your neighbor's house more than yours, just pull up in their driveway and just thank you, Lord, for my new house. <laughs> what? And if you ever said that, Pastor, I'm sorry. I probably said it at one time too. What? That's coveting your neighbor's house. Bible tells us not to covet neighbor's house, not to covet our neighbor's wife. There's even a scripture in Deuteronomy says, don't cover your, covet your neighbor's donkey. That could happen in West Virginia. <laughs> you ever seen those miniature donkeys? You think your dogs are cute. We got a house up by our house, man. They got them little miniature donkeys. I'll take two of those babies home. It's in the word of God, but I'm not supposed to covenant. So I think some teachers, some preachers get a little, little bit too far. That's silly and sinful. But I will say this. There is something powerful about finding yourself in the midst of a storm, getting into God's word, and get yourself a promise to hold on to. 2 Corinthians 1 and verse 20 says, For all the promises of God in him are yes and in him amen to the glory of God. And then it adds on this little thing that says through us. We are the ones that find the promises of God and begin to declare them and speak them over our lives. 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 13 says, And since we have this same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore we speak. When we proclaim the promises of God in our storm, it will anchor our soul. It will keep us from drifting. It will keep us from falling apart. And many times I've seen storms come to an end because the word of God was spoken over them. Jesus stood up in the midst of this storm. He said, peace be still. And the storm came to an end. So if you find yourself in a storm today, step one is if you can sleep through it. If you wake up in the morning and it's still there, it might be time to speak to it. But what if the storm persists? 
Here's what I found. Sometimes storms last a while. Pastor's opening prayer, he talked about seasons. Sometimes storms are seasonal. The apostle Paul hit a season in his life where this was a storm and he, could, he couldn't sleep through it. He couldn't speak to it, but in Acts 27, he gives us the, the, the third key here, and that is you just simply have to outlast some storms. Look at Acts 27 and verse 16. It says, and running under the shelter of an island called Clotta, we secured the skiff with difficulty. It was, it was hard, he said. And when we had taken it on board, they used cables to undergird the ship and fearing lest they should run aground on the Sirtis sands, they struck sail and so were driven. Give you a little background story here. God has, 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 has called Paul to go to Rome and, and testify of, of, of the goodness and the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so Paul right now is a prisoner, but he's a prisoner with a purpose. And he's on this ship and they encounter a storm. And I mean, this thing starts to, it just starts to go crazy. And the scripture says they were driven. You see, sometimes we're driven. Sometimes the storms of life come up and, and man, it just feels like everything is taken out of our control. Have you ever been there where like you just ran out of options? It's one thing to have some options and you say, well, if that don't work out, I can do this. And if that don't work out, I can do this. And if that don't work out, I can do this. But when you run out of options, <laughs> that's when your faith really gets tested. And verse 18 says, and because we were exceedingly tempest tossed, the next day they lightened the ship. Church, I want to tell you this morning, when you're in a storm that you have to outlast, you got to lighten your load. You just got to lighten your load. Don't stress yourself out trying to do too much. Now's not the time trying to, uh, you know, launch new initiatives and, and, and set new goals and, and get new vision. No, just slow down. Love on your family. Simplify your life. Don't try to make the storm worse by adding stress to your storm. A number of years ago, uh, there's a, a church in Colorado Springs called New Life Church. It was a mega church, mega church. Uh, I won't say the gentleman's name who pastored it, but he, he fell from grace. And I mean, it was a long, hard fall. Long, hard fall. Mega church. And, 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 and right after the fall of that church, the next thing you know, a gunman showed up in the parking lot and, and, and executed a family in the parking lot and, and then made their way into the church. And thank God there was a, a lady uh, uh, a team on their, or a lady team member on their security team. How many thankful for a good security team at church? You need them. And she was able to stop this gunman. But, but that, didn't, that couldn't bring back the people who had been killed in the parking lot. So here's this mega church. They're, they're making headlines all over the world. Pastor falls from grace. Now there's a shooting in the parking lot. And many people said that church will close. That church can't recover from this. And there was an interim pastor by the name of Brady Boyd. And they just, he was already on staff. They said, Brady, you're just going to have to step in and be the interim pastor here for a while. And I'd listened to an interview with Brady years later. And he said, you know what we did? He said, we lightened our load. We just simplified. He said, we just gathered together every week and we just loved on each other. We prayed, we worshiped, we got into the word, we supported one another and God strengthened us. And I want to tell you today, he's still the pastor of that church. That church is thriving. It's opening up new campuses, but they had to have some wisdom while in their storm to simply lighten their load. Don't try to do too much. Jewel City. Come in this place. Love God. 
Love on each other. God's going to see you through the storm. It says, now, on the third day, we threw the ship's tackle overboard with our own hands. Now, when there was neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and no small tempest beat on us, all hope that we would be saved was finally given up. Man, that's bleak. When you've lost hope, you've lost it all. Paul's most likely the only believer on this ship And it's in this moment that Paul realizes he's not on this ship by accident. He's there by providence. This boat ride is not just about getting him to Rome. This this boat ride in this storm has a divine purpose. Every person on this ship is going to be saved because Paul is there. Church, this is difficult to grasp, and I believe it takes Christian maturity to understand it. But your storm is not just about you. God often uses our storms to strengthen others. God often uses our faith to spark faith in someone else. I don't believe God causes every storm, but when you ask God to use your life for his glory, don't be surprised when he uses it. Remember back to our first story today when Jesus and his disciples were in a storm. They weren't the only ones on the sea. The scripture says, and other little boats were also with him. Jesus was not alone in his storm. Paul's not alone in his. And there are people watching you to see how you respond to your storm. There are some people in your life that have no faith, that have no hope. And when they see you, praise God through your storm, your faith is going to give them hope. Your faith is going to become contagious. You're not the only one in a storm right now. People are struggling with their own storms, but as they see you trust God, they're going to trust God. It's not all about you. Paul's not on this boat accidentally. He's there by providence. And now what he says in verse 22, and now he says this to all the men, I urge you to take heart. Do you know what this literally means? He says, boys, get a hold of your heart. Get a hold of your heart because if you're not careful, fear is going to take over. And he stands up and he boldly says, ain't nobody dying on this ship. Wait wait a minute, Paul. Because of everything I can see, says we all about to die. Right? There's no, there's no moon. There's no stars. The ship is falling apart. How can Paul stand up and make such a bold statement? Here's how. Look at verse 23. He says, for there stood by me this night an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve. Come on, somebody. Woo! Can you imagine being in this crazy storm? And Paul can't see nothing. He can't see a thing, but he feels a presence. And he thinks, oh, is it a guard? Remember, he's a prisoner. Maybe it's a guard making sure he doesn't escape. I don't know. Or is it another sailor? I don't know. He just feels this presence. Maybe it's the captain. I don't know who it is, but you know what? It ain't a man. It's the angel of the Lord, the angel of the God that he serves. Listen, when you're in a storm, and you're trying to outlast it, you got to remind yourself of two things, possession and purpose. Possession reminds you to whom you belong. 
Jesus said that you and I live in the very palm of God's hand and there is no storm, no devil that can snatch us out of the palm of God's hand. Purpose reminds us that as long as God has purpose for you on this earth, there is no storm that can take you out. The Bible tells us that the days of your life are all numbered and they are written in his book and you are not checking out of here until your days are fulfilled. And listen, if your days are fulfilled, you don't want to be here. You want to go be with the Lord. Verse 24, saying, this is what the angel said to him. Do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar and indeed God has granted you all, somebody say all, all all those who sail with you. I love this. God says, Paul, you're a prisoner, but you're a prisoner with purpose. And and I'm just not just giving you a purpose. I'm giving you everybody on this ship. Friends, I know that storms can be scary. They can. When life throws things at you that you didn't see coming, When things are happening that you don't have any control over, it can be scary. But God reminds us over and over and over again in his word, do not be afraid. Let not your heart be troubled. Fear is the amnesia of who God is and what he promises. That's what fear is. It makes you forget who God is. It makes you forget what he's promised to you. I don't have time to finish the whole story this morning, but this ship, it eventually runs aground. Everyone on board makes it safely to to shore. God is faithful to his promise. It was a storm. It couldn't be slept through, couldn't be spoken to. It just had to be outlasted. Some of us are in a storm like that right now. And we know from Daniel 7 and verse 25 that one of the strategies of Satan is to simply wear out the saints of God. So I've come to encourage somebody this morning, fix your eyes on Jesus. The same God that saves us is the same God who can keep us. He can sustain us when we are weak. That's when he is strong. Fix your eyes on him. Listen, I I know that our pastor and his family have been in a storm. I know that the storm impacts this entire church. I know from talking to pastor and talking to some of you that many of you are in a storm right now. But here's what I know about Pastor Robert. Here's what I know about the people of Jewel City Church. There are no quitters in this church. Y'all, you've been through some storms before. This ain't your first one. You can look back and see decades of the faithfulness of God. If you're to write your testimony, it's going to be a big book. Our God can be trusted. Here's one final thing I learned about storms. Storms give birth to babies. Many years ago, Patty and I were serving a leader that sinned. And his sin threw us into a storm. We had to leave our family. We had to leave our church. We had to leave the community that we lived in and we loved. And we moved 500 miles away. And we couldn't sleep through that storm. In fact, there were many sleepless nights in that storm. We couldn't speak to that storm. I tried, believe me, I tried. That storm lasted for 18 months. You know what we had to do? We just had 
to outlast it. But here's what I know about 15 years later that the blessings we are walking in right now would not have happened if it was not for that storm because it was in that storm that gave birth to our church which is now seeing hundreds and hundreds of lives impacted for Jesus Christ. A few years later, we hit another storm. It was our last pregnancy. My wife went on bed rest for a year. She spent three months in the hospital. For nine months, they told us, we don't know if she's gonna live. We don't know if the baby's gonna live. Let me tell you, we, we had five other kids at home. I had to quit my job and, 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 and stay home and take care of the kids and we couldn't sleep through it. We, we, we couldn't speak to it. We simply had to outlast it. But after, you know, after that long year, after that long pregnancy, that little girl who stood up here a little while ago and said, you are good, good, oh, good. That baby came out of that storm and I could not imagine having our lives without Mariah, our last child. Here's what I'll tell you, Pastor Robert. Get ready to have a baby. <laughs> Maybe Leanne, but I'm telling you, Jill City Church, God is going to take this storm and he's going to give birth to something bold, something beautiful, something that's going to be used for his kingdom and his glory. Fix your eyes on Jesus. He's the anchor of your soul this morning. Come on, somebody give him praise. Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. Thank <laughs> you.